Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Why are dermatologists so obsessed with topical therapy? Of course, we deal with the topical external organ of the body, so it makes sense. But it is really important that we illustrate and explain to owners why we want them to do certain things. As we've talked about many times on the podcast, we ask our owners to do a lot, right? The ones that are probably going to refer to us are not just going to be on apical and cytopoint and that's it. We're asking them to do parasiticides potentially diet, whether it's for food allergy or for nutritionally helping the skin barrier. We're asking them to do the topicals. Um, We're asking them to allergy tests. We're asking them to do a lot. And then we're dealing with infection too. So why does topical therapy really matter in this multimodal approach when we are asking our owners to do so much? Well, obviously there are different types of products and different aspects of topical therapy Um, that have reasons why they can be really beneficial. Let's just talk about the skin barrier first and then jump into the different types of topicals and why we'll switch or utilize those. So skin barrier, as we've talked about before, we have this outside to inside hypothesis, meaning the outside portion, so the skin itself, we know there are little cracks and crevices, abnormalities that allow these allergens, whether it's pollens, danders, you know, grasses, trees to penetrate further than they usually would. The skin is a protective organ. Fur is protective, right? So, you know, we get these long coated breeds. Maybe they don't get penetrations of allergens as much compared to a lot of the short coated breeds we see. Like I have a pit boxer mix. Topical therapy becomes really important in her because the fur is not really protecting her as much since it's so short. So, The skin itself being abnormal, not having that fur as um, in the skin being as protective allows more absorption of these pollens. So not only do we have an overactive immune system, which would be that inside outside hypothesis, but the outside portion is not protecting that pet as much. So both of those things are true and work together outside, inside cracks, crevices, abnormalities on the skin barrier, allowing things to penetrate deeper. So you get a higher load, but then you also have that overactive TH2 immunity that basically responds to that in an abnormal way. So all of these, say dogs, are getting exposed to multiple things, but their immune system, though, is probably acting to some degree, right? Like our immune system, even if we're acting well, feeling well, is still always doing something. So dogs that are sitting there and getting exposed to ragweed or, you know, Bermuda grass, there's probably still having some sort of reaction to that. But if it's mild TH1, not really responding or causing them to be pruritic or inflamed or infected, then we're not going to really notice or do anything about that. But we know that dogs have this over-exaggerated TH2 response, which is what we're trying to shift over with immunotherapy and make them act like a more normal TH1 response dog. But ultimately, that overreactive immune system plays a role too. So yes, all of our pharmaceuticals are so, so important. I use Apical, Cytopoint, Cyclosporin, 
you know, occasionally steroids, long-term in rare cases of allergies, and then immunotherapy to manage that. But that's only one piece of the puzzle. My hope is with topical therapy, if I am helping to that outside inside portion, that either I'll get less infections or I won't have to use as many medications or I can lower the dose of my medications. So that's why it's really important. There have been studies done that dogs who are atopic, but their skin looks pretty normal, like they'll sample biopsy areas of the skin that look abnormal, right? Erythema, alopecia, scaling, and then they'll biopsy portions that look really normal. And what they'll find are those normal quote unquote areas of skin are not normal. Genetically, these dogs have an abnormal skin barrier. So we don't want to just reserve topicals for when they're infected. You know, obviously I work with the owner to see what's realistic for them as far as frequency, what type of topicals, things like that. But even when they're doing really well, I want them bathing with something that one is going to help remove that debris, those pollens from the skin, right? Less contact time, hopefully not going through that defective epidermal barrier as much. So I'm removing the pollens from the skin, but then I'm also trying to utilize products that are going to help restore the skin too. If I'm asking the owner to bathe, they're willing to bathe. I want them to bathe with something that I know is going to help us restore that skin barrier as maintenance, not just when they get infected. You know, so for me, there's lots of options out there. Great products. You know, the Dukeso S3 line is really great. We use the Calm a lot because it has the highest level of Ophetrium. The Dermascent line um, out was really great. We have the Atope 7. We have lots of different options that we can utilize to help restore the skin barrier. Even some of the, you know, oatmeal-based products can be really helpful. You know, Decra has some great products to help restore the skin barrier too. So just really focusing on quality products that have the research behind them that if we're going to ask them to bathe, to remove things from the skin, can we also restore that skin barrier from a maintenance standpoint so we can actually um, cause less issues in the future, use less medications. So that's obviously one aspect of why we're really trying to utilize these topicals in a way to remove, um, restore the skin barrier, but also remove those, that debris. Now we, what we also know about atopic dogs is their microbiome is abnormal. So even when, you know, things look pretty good, again, their microbiome is just abnormal. And we're going to see more and more attention driving to the microbiome as we have seen with literature, with the gut, you know, even brain microbiome, we're going to see that a lot with the skin microbiome moving forward. And there's even some probiotic sprays like linked skin that are out that have some, you know, smaller studies, but some studies really showing the benefit of that. Ultimately, that microbiome, you know, I will utilize long-term chlorhexidine in some of my patients who are just chronic offenders are always breaking out with some sort of bacteria, like some of my bulldogs. But if they're doing well, I actually try, once we get through utilizing the chlorhexidine for that infection, I'll actually try to move them to one of those more, you know, maintenance-based products so that we're not overusing chlorhexidine. We know chlorhexidine resistance is actually something that is identified in human medicine. So if they're looking good, I don't necessarily want to use chlorhexidine, but I still want to restore the skin barrier from the standpoint of restoring it and hopefully to some degree restoring that microbiome. And I'll have owners have the chlorhexidine products sitting there. So if they do start to show signs of infection, they can act topically quickly so we can hopefully avoid the use of antimicrobials systemically as we know we want to do. 
But if they're looking good and we're on a good maintenance standpoint, then we won't necessarily utilize that chlorhexidine long term. But I do still think by restoring the skin barrier, my hope is we're still helping that microbiome as to some degree. And then we have to look in the different formulations of topicals because though I love shampoo because you remove the debris, there's great products out there. Sometimes we need additional things if we have more focal spots or we have certain situations where either bathing's not enough or the owner cannot bathe that often. And I'll say it time and time again, the best treatment plan is the one that will actually happen. So I have my favorite things to do, but I also have to make sure that it's realistic that it's going to happen at home and not just be written on a piece of paper to be ignored. So that is where I will pull in a lot of these other products. You know, the sprays, if I have more diffuse areas, especially areas that don't have as much fur, like the belly can be great for sprays. I personally try to stay away from the sprays that have potent topical steroids in them. Um, I don't really use those at all because we have seen thin skin on the abdomen for people overusing them. Comedones happen from overusing them. So you just want to be really cautious of that. But some of the chlorhexidine sprays, they tend to break out on their belly. I will utilize um, mousse can be really great, not only for some of those short coated areas or the alopecia areas, but just because they're actually rubbing it in, I think it helps as far as kind of massaging it into the area. So it can be effective and it doesn't just have to be chlorhexidine based products. You know, there's mousses that are meant to restore the skin again, Dermascent, um, Duke's West three calm. If they just have areas that maybe just get a little bit more dry, red, scaly, or they're a bit itchy to a focal area, but it's not really infected. Then restoring that skin barrier can actually be very, very helpful for that pet again. So we can avoid have just increasing medications or that area becoming affected, um, in the long run. And then you better believe I love some wipes <laughs> as a dermatologist. I love utilizing wipes. So I use a lot of the wipes, especially in those tricky areas. So the folds, so my brachycephalic breeds that like to break out with locks of infection in their tail folds, their facial folds. I like wiping it out. If they are always, you know, getting infection, then certainly having that chlorhexidine can be helpful because we get the friction of that area besides it being abnormal skin in the fact that it's often in breeds that are predisposed to atopic dermatitis. Um, pause. Again, I love topicals to remove debris. It can be a bit unrealistic for a lot of our owners to think about washing the paws every single day, but a lot of them can wipe the paws every single day. So because you have that kind of mechanical portion of it, where you're actually wiping the debris off, plus getting the medication on, it can be really helpful to prevent infection, but also just limit the absorption that's happening. And then finally, we have the different pipettes. There's different pipettes of things that are out there. So for example, we have the, obviously the Dermascent product. There is the new, newer Atopivet um, that's out by Decra. They have a couple options. They have the pipette. You can start out doing twice a week. It's got like this lavender smell to it. It's a little bit thicker. So it can be really nice to focally treat some of these areas with that. And then they also have a collar. They actually have a collar that lasts for a couple of months that you can put on and it distributes that skin barrier protectant to it. So what I love about all these products is, yes, I have my favorite ways. I wish everyone could bathe their pet all the time, but even I get behind on my own allergic pities bathing. But I love that I can supplement either more focal areas with something or something else that's more realistic for that client, because that is how important I think topical therapy can be in these cases. And also either having handouts to explain that to owners, or if you have the time to explain it in the exam room, 
even if it's in a more abbreviated sense, or train your technicians or assistants to really go over the importance of topical therapy, it can make a really big difference. And my owners are really diligent about topical therapy. It's amazing how much better their pets will do, but also how much they understand it. They really buy into it. You know, being able to utilize topicals because we are dealing with that visible organ of the skin can be really helpful so that they look better, they feel better, they get less infections, and that they're also able to use less of those systemic medications long-term. So I think if we really illustrate to owners the importance of it, but we also teach ourselves why topicals can be important, it's pretty incredible. Um, You know how fun it gets to try different products and just see how well they work. You know, sometimes they don't do exactly what we need them to do, but a lot of times they can be beneficial from a supplemental standpoint. But also just really getting owners to see that difference since it's giving them that thing to do at home. Also gets them to visualize the skin more, right? If they actually have to bathe it, they have to apply mousse on. They actually can look at areas to see if they're getting better or if things are not getting better so we can know about it. So I hope that's really helpful. Obviously, as dermatologists, we love our topical products, but I want you to understand why we prescribe something, why we do feel like it's a good value for our clients' money to use these products, but also knowing that it's okay to switch if something's not working or if something's different. You had an infection, it's gone, let's switch to something else, save that for if they get the next infection. Um, And just getting more comfortable with really illustrating that to owners, the importance of it, but then, you know, having a good time with it with your cases as well. 